It's good to see you again this morning. Praise the Lord for the opportunity to share the Word of God with you. It's always a great joy for me as a uh, servant here at Southside Baptist Church to be able to preach from the Word of God. We're going to use as our text this morning, Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verses 5 through 10. But before we get to that, the title of our message is going to be, Let's Remember. We've come to a time of the month that we generally, uh, once a month, we have the Lord's Supper. And that traces back to the activity, what was done in the Old Testament, and was read about here a little bit, the, uh, the sacrifices that were made continually over and over again, uh, the sacrifices of lambs and rams and turtle doves and all the things that were part of the Old Testament sacrificial system. But with the New Covenant, there was a new time brought into being because of the work of Christ and the coming of Christ. And so as we think about remembering, and let's remember, I want to remember the elements of the Lord's Supper. Uh, And I want to go into the background of the Lord's Supper and talk about the two elements that are critical in the uh, time that we're going to be celebrating in just a little while. And one of my favorite passages, there's about, there's three different passages that deal with the Passover that Jesus had with his disciples, his followers, before he was going to give himself uh, as a sacrifice for sin. And these are in Matthew and Mark and Luke. But let's turn to Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. Because in Luke, I like this particular one because it outlines a little bit better the setting of the Passover and the timing of the Passover because it just didn't happen at any time. It had to happen at a set time. And so when we think about those things, I think Luke uh, presented in that context. Let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get into looking at the passage in Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. Father, thank you for the word of God, the truth of the scripture, and the power uh, that makes a difference in our lives. Thank you for the message of the song the choir sang. Thank you for all of the songs that were sung so far today because it reflects them in the power of the Word of God and the blessing of having the Word of God in, in, enriching our lives. And we thank you that we have this time that we can share and have you work in our lives and make a difference in us through your living Word. So we pray your blessing by your Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts and encourage us in the ways of the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's remember... Let's remember that the Passover was a special time that Jesus had with his disciples. And the Lord's table that we'll be, sacrificing, or that we'll be sharing in a little bit later is, of course, based upon this time when Jesus met with his disciples and apostles uh, shortly before his death. In uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 14, it says, And when the hour was come, he sat down... And the twelve apostles with him. So when the hour had come, it's important to remember that it couldn't have happened any other time. It had to happen at the Passover time. It was an appointed time to the Jews. They had planned on this for weeks. They had planned on this for a long time to get together at the Passover time. And Jesus, of course, had this in mind in order to share with his apostles and disciples what was to come. And so he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
Now, the apostles are sitting there a little bit quizzical. Before I suffer, what's going to happen here? I thought we were going to have a kingdom set up. I thought we were having something entirely different. And here Jesus is talking about before I suffer. They didn't fully understand what was going on. But Jesus had desired this and to set this Passover so that we would have in our lifetime an opportunity to remember what he had done. For I say unto you in verse 16, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And so he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, uh, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body. Remember I said, we're going to be dealing this morning with remembering, remembering the elements of the Lord's Supper, remembering the elements of the Lord's table. So he said, take, eat, this is my body. This is the first element in the time that we come together and celebrate the Lord's table, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And so he went on to say that uh, the hand of Judas was there at the table with him, and he would be betrayed. Now, we want to go back to our text in, um, in Hebrews chapter 10. If you'll turn back there with me, please. And we'll go over the verses of Scripture that emphasize this sacrifice that Jesus was making. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 5 through 10 is the portion that we're going to talk about, first of all, that Jesus uh, had a prepared body. Jesus didn't just happen to come into this world through any family's organization or planning. This was a plan of God to bring together or bring Jesus into the world. And he said in verse um, 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrificing offering thou wouldest not, but thou hast uh, a body hast thou prepared for me. So my first emphasis is that Jesus had a prepared body. And if we do not recognize how it was prepared, we're missing the entire uh, power of the gospel. In fact, of the matter is, you really cannot be saved unless you recognize fully the uniqueness of how Jesus came into this world. Luke chapter 1 tells us the story of how or gives us the record. Excuse me for saying story. It gives us the record. <laughs> it's not a story. It's a biblical record of how Jesus came into this world. Luke chapter uh, 1 and verse number 26. If you want to turn back there with us, it's a familiar story. We know the story of when uh, the angel came to uh, Mary to a virgin. It says in verse 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin and spouse to a man whose name was uh, Joseph, house of David. And um, the virgin's name was Mary. An angel came unto her and said, Hail thou, highly favored, thou 
uh, has found favor with God, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and of course cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. The angel of the Lord said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now remember, she's a virgin. She's never known a man. Has no idea of what's going on here. And he said, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Verse 34. Then Mary said unto him, how can this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered in verse 35. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Look what's happening here. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. We have the Holy Spirit and God the Father bringing into being Jesus, the Son of God. All three, Jesus is going to come into existence into this world through the work of the Holy Spirit and God the Father in this young virgin named Mary. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This body that Jesus, that God is preparing for Jesus, this body, he's going to be called the Son of God. And this is the beginning of how we have the uniqueness of the body of Jesus. Now, he is the virgin-born Son of God. If you do not accept that as a fact of reality in the teaching of Scripture, you cannot be saved. Because anybody who thinks that Jesus was not born of a virgin can't believe the Scripture and preach the Scripture. The Scripture makes it very clear that she was a virgin, that it was conceived supernaturally by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit and God the Father. And here we have a prepared body. And it's exactly what he says in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 5. Wherefore, when he cometh, I'll read it again, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body, a body thou hast prepared for me. Hmm. So we have a prepared body. And we notice what it goes on to say about the offering that he made. And we can read the rest of the verses down to verse 10, but the key verse is verse number 10. Uh, well, verses 9 and 10. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first, that is the Old Testament stuff, that he may establish the second. In verse 10 he says, By which we will all are sanctified. Will we are, I'm sorry, let me read this again. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So why did, Jesus, why did God prepare a body for Jesus? Because this body had to be sacrificed for all, that all might be sanctified through the body of Jesus Christ once for all. No more offerings. This does it. This is final. And when Jesus died on the cross, the last words he said was, it is finished. The work has been done. 
My body has been given as a sacrifice for sinners that they may come. It is the body of Jesus, that sacrificial offering of the body, that makes it precious. And we need to recognize also that it was not only a prepared body, it was a perfect body. You know that the lambs in the Old Testament had to be spotless. They could not have any blemish. They could not have any sin. And of course, when Jesus came and Jesus had the opportunity to be questioned by the world, they could not find any fault in him because there was no fault in him. He was the sinless, perfect body, sacrifice of God himself on a, on a cross that we might have eternal life. So he had a perfect body. And that perfect body sacrificed for sin brought us life, brought us sanctification. And it was for all, of course, that received him. Now, the Old Testament priest says in verse 11, stand daily ministering. But this man, verse number 12, this is a key phrase. Not only did he have a prepared body, not only did he have a perfect body, he had a powerful body. But this man, Jesus, the Son of God, after he had offered one sacrifice, and that one sacrifice was himself. He offered himself for our sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. A powerful body. Nobody else could do this. Thousands of people died on the cross. No consequence to the world whatsoever. But this one man, this one body made by God, God himself brought into the world so that he could put himself on a cross and pay for the sins of the world that we might remember the blessings of life that come to us because of the great work of salvation that he has wrought. So here we have a perfect body, a uh, prepared body and a powerful body. And these are the things that are emphasized in Hebrews chapter 10. Quite honestly, I'd never put these in context with the Lord's table until I'd done some study on this and I thought it was great and beautiful how it all went together. The power, the blessing of the Word of God and how He draws all of this together. And then, not only do we have a prepared body and a perfect body and a powerful body, we have... The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We go down to verse 19 and following. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. How? By the blood. And by the blood of Jesus. We're going to preach about the blood this morning. Because without the blood, (laughs) there's no remission of sins. Without the blood, there's no cleansing. Without the blood, we do not have life. We have the blood of Jesus Christ sacrificed for us that we might have life and the joy and the victory. Notice what he says in verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What a blessing it is to know today that we can come boldly under the throne of grace, not in our own righteousness, but because of the blood Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood he offered for us that we might have life. The blood of Jesus gives us boldness 
to come into the presence of God. We don't have to be ashamed to come. We're all sinners. We all fail. We're all embarrassed by the things that we've done in the past that we should never have done. The things that we've done since we've been saved that God, thank you God for your forgiveness, for your love and mercy. Thank you for the blood. The blood, the cleansing power of the blood. How precious it is. It gives us boldness to come into his presence. Not only does it give us boldness, 1 Peter chapter 1, it gives us something else that is critical to us growing as Christians. 1 Peter chapter 1. Turn back there with me if you would please. And just take a moment and reflect with this and what Peter has to say about the blood and its effect on us as believers. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 2. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto what? Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood. Obedience is connected to the sacrifice and the sprinkling of the blood. Because of the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus and what he has done for us, it caused us to be reminded, to remember that not only has he provided an opportunity for us to come into his presence boldly, he has provided through his blood the power to walk in obedience and grace and glorifying God simply by doing what he wants us to do. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. By unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood. And it's all connected to the working of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, the power of the blood gives us boldness. The, uh, the blood of Jesus not only gives us boldness, the blood of Jesus also leads us into obedience. And First John chapter 1 and verse number 7. It leads us into a full and complete cleansing. First John chapter 1 and verse number 7. Well, let's read verses 5, 6, and 7. This then is a message that we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with God, or with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So... There's a cleansing power in the blood. And I think we have a Baptist hymnal up here that I want to take some time and share some things out of. Because it has some things to do with the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, um, some people have said it a whole lot better than I can. So I'm going to take a few moments and read some uh, poetry. I'm going to read some poetry out of the songbook that we sing from all the time. Page number 132. You can follow along if you'd like. I'm just going to read about the blood, the power of the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood. Would you do service for Jesus your King? There's power in the blood. 
Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. Yes, in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. Wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There's power in the blood. We cannot escape it. It's a life-changing power. Everything that we need to live and walk in obedience to Jesus is through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, page one, number 135 in your hymnal. 135. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not my good works. Not my good efforts. Not all the things I've done to make a difference. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood. We're going to celebrate the Lord's table today. And I trust that you can remember, you can just think for a moment about the wonderful, perfect body that God gave to Jesus and Jesus and his part in bringing life to us through his body, his sacrifice, and through the power of the blood. And as we share together in the Lord's table today, let's remember, let's remember the perfect body, the prepared body of Jesus and that wonderful, powerful body that made a sacrifice that was once and for all. It's done. It's finished. And we have the power of the blood to help us through life every day that we live. Glory to God. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your sacrifice. And may our hearts be encouraged and blessed and lifted up in faithfulness and desire to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.